Tiny Tales presents Nisus 3. Nisus III looked like a marble from orbit. A swirl of purple and black beneath fraying sheets of white cloud. As the shuttle hurtled toward the surface, shaking and rattling in the thickening atmosphere, curls of gold began to streak across the mauve soil, growing to thick patches. The first sign of human settlement and habitation. The wheat had sprung up faster than we could have hoped. The rest of the grains languished, if they sprouted at all. But the wheat had lifted its golden head and spread like a weed. It grew faster than any crop at home, even without water or rain coming to harvest in merely a few weeks. When we flew across it, making the fields ripple and bend in our wake, it looked like home. The shuttle came to rest on the bank of the Black River where we made our camp. It was only a few portable buildings, a lavatory, and a water purifier chugging softly. Mona stood at the edge of the field, a broad-brimmed hat hiding her face. A few grains of wheat sat in her tan, wrinkled palm, and she poked at them, inspecting. I think it's ready, she said. She pushed up the brim of her hat to gaze out over the fields. From sprout to harvest in less time than even the fastest synthetic crops. Every agricultural unit in this sector is going to be dropping into orbit here. Are there more than yesterday? I asked, shielding my eyes from the sun and peering toward the edge of the field. Mona shrugged and scattered the wheat kernels over the mauve soil. They've been showing up off and on for the past few days. Curious, I think. They stood as dumb and still as trees. Great, bulbous, lumpy things watching us with black eyes. Their skin was knobbly and rough, like lichen-covered rocks. Someone had called them Ents, and the name stuck. Sometimes they bent down to the soil spreading their elephant-like hands against the earth and humming, or waded into the black water to stand there quietly. Mona had scanned them. Brainwaves indicated they were somewhere between dolphins and octopuses, too intelligent to become farm animals, but not intelligent enough to understand resource management. They never touched the wheat fields, 
never came near them, but they watched. The scythe glinted in the sun, and the wheat fanned out over the soil. It could stay there to dry in the eternally temperate weather, but we filled our arms with stalks, impatient for a taste of our labors. We shook the tiny kernels from their papery skins until only the small oval grains remained. What are they doing? I asked, looking up to see that more of the ants had gathered, standing mutely between us and the field. Mona glanced up from the small engine unit she'd been rewiring into a grinder. She snorted. They're getting comfortable. Likely to be a nuisance soon. Jorn will have to put up that electric fence. We, five lone researchers in a strange purple land, gathered reverently around the small cook stove as Mona mixed the fresh ground grain with water and a sprinkle of salt, the only piece of home we could bring with us across the expanse. The sticky mass of dough clung to her fingers as she shaped it into an uneven round. The smell of baking bread filled my nose and my mouth watered. The intensity of the sensation after weeks, months, had it been years, was almost overwhelming. The warm, flat cake was pulled from the burner and broken between us, the jagged pieces held like precious stones in our palms. To human advancement, Mona said, and bit into her piece. The brown surface crackled against my teeth. It was dry and had the bland, dehydrating taste of under-seasoned grain. It was the best thing I could remember tasting since I'd left home. But something was wrong. A strange sensation burned in my chest. Mona collapsed, running to the portable buildings for med supplies, one hand outstretched, fingers digging into the soil. Jorn was on his knees next to me, retching. Through bleary eyes, I saw another one of us fall into the river, trying to drink the black water. Bubbles gurgled, then nothing broke the dark surface. I collapsed backward. Figures appeared above me, lumpy and solid against the pale sky, staring down at me with black eyes. A murmuring filled the air, a stirring whisper like wind through the trees. In the last struggling gasp of breath, I realized they were laughing.
Today's episode of Tiny Tales was written and narrated by R.E. Rule. Music and production by Frank Narat. If you enjoy our show, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Join us on Patreon for as little as $1 per month to gain exclusive access to the Tiny Tales soundtracks. Visit us at tinytalespodcast.com for details. Thanks for listening.